I'll never forget Seth's face. We had Usher come to a few <laughs> yeah. at the Crystal Gallery. And I remember we had a really full night the first time he came. And I was trying to find him a place. I didn't even have time to mention it to Seth. And I actually made him wait for like 10 or 15 minutes. I was just looking for where he could be. And then at the end of the sound bath, he goes up to Seth and just walks up to him and says, you know, I, I just wanted to say that that was really amazing. And Seth looks up and he's like, Usher. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Because <laughs> I hadn't mentioned it. And the other cool thing is Usher was bringing his golden doodle, Scarlet, Aww. to the sound bath. And that's what inspired us to get her. No she's way. And doodle too, and uh, we loved his dog so much. She's just such a beautiful presence. So, so we got Phoebe, and it's been life changing. We needed a sound bath, though. You knew it was going to be good for sound baths. Yeah, Yeah. Usher would bring Scarlet, and Scarlet would just—he would just lay down, uh, and she would just lay down next to him, and just, just totally conked out the entire time. So, so we were like, that's the kind of dog that we need. Yeah. (laughs) This is Lit and Lucid, your after-work de-stress smoke sesh podcast. I'm your host, Lit. And I'm your host, Lucid. And we're going to take you on a journey. A journey to discover the truth and find the balance. Every week, we get deep on those thought-provoking topics that ooze out of the cannabis universe. But we also keep it real by illuminating important issues and people in today's culture. So kick back. Consume your favorite cannabis products. And get cozy cozy in the the Lit and Lucid Lucid lifestyle. lifestyle. Welcome, everybody, to the Lit and Lucid podcast. You guys, we are recording the last episode of the season. I don't even know how we already got here, but we are on episode 119. And today we have two very special guests with us. We have Jenny DeVoe and Seth Masterka. They are the fabulous duo of Dynasty Electric. Uh, What Dynasty Electric is, is they offer virtual sound baths with DJ elements and live instruments to create a unique fusion of electronic music for one unforgettable psychedelic experience. And you guys, it's so cool. If you've never done a sound bath, I highly recommend it. Jared and I had the opportunity to try out this immersive experience a couple of weeks ago, and we loved it. We were totally in tune, loved every moment of it. So we're so excited to have you guys on. (laughs) With that, welcome Jenny and Seth. We are so honored to be on the podcast finale. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. It's great to be here. Absolutely. We're going big for the last one. We're going real big, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Well, cool. How we always start a show is a little bit different. Today, just so everybody knows, we're going to be discussing sound. And I think uh, some of the stuff we're going to get into just a little bit later, uh, sound is like fundamental property of the universe. And so, um, you know, we're going to deviate a little bit just from talking cannabis, but we're also going to still kind of infuse it here and there. So with that, I have to ask, are you guys cannabis consumers yourself? Yes, we are. Uh, Actually, uh, (laughs) just recently, we started making uh, a a milk cannabis beverage called Bang, which is a traditional uh, Mm -hmm. uh, drink in India. It's actually one of the more common ways it's consumed in India. And what's really great about it is, uh, well, uh, it's that the THC and the other uh, cannabinoids bind with the, the fat in the milk. And it just actually uh, it makes a very tasty and very uh, powerful uh, elixir. And so for especially if you use cannabis for insomnia or for sleep disorder, uh, the bang effect lasts for about eight hours, which is a perfect window of time for sleeping. And so it, unlike smoking, where 
maybe you might have to get up in the middle of the night and maybe even have another toke uh, to, to fall back asleep. Uh, it's actually just you sleep peacefully the whole night and wake up just feeling perfect in the morning. So uh, that's uh, just a recent addition to our, our cannabis practice. I love it. Marijuana milkshake. <laughs> I know, right? That's the first time we've actually even heard of using like milk and cannabis. But I'm glad you added the piece about uh, the fat kind of binding. And Lucy and I were actually just talking about this just a couple of days ago. We we're talking about our favorite edibles. And I'm always like, I like the chocolates because I think the chocolates just seem to work better for me. And I think uh, understanding kind of how it works, I think it's the fats and the chocolate that offer the same kind of benefit that I guess the milk would. Totally. You know, I've tried making the, the milk drink with, you know, uh, almond milk or coconut milk, but it, it's only a real milk, a, a whole milk with all the, the, the cream and the fat in it, it really works, uh, just absorbs all those, all that goodness into it. Yeah. And, uh, it's used in India by monks, actually, that mm-hmm. they'll drink this. Um, uh, it, the one thing that's difficult about it is it requires a large amount of cannabis, yeah. uh, more cannabis than you would smoke. Um, and you can actually even take a fresh cannabis plant. You don't actually have to uh, dry or cure the plant. You can just add the fresh flower and fresh leaves into uh, the milk. And then you, you actually uh, you perform the decarboxylization mm-hmm. um, naturally just in the milk uh, over extended time. So at a low heat for about uh, two to four hours total, uh, you're letting the cannabis just seep into the milk. And uh, yeah, the, the whole... Uh, organic cow's milk, I find, just works just wonderfully for it. And and also in India, the milk would be sacred, right? Because yeah, yeah. the worship of the cows. So it's this whole other element of the sacrament. Well, that's they, why I love that you guys use that because it's so traditional to yeah. cannabis. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting. It cannabis is illegal in India, but Bang actually has certain religious uh, exceptions. And so there actually are licensed Bang shops uh, across India uh, because of the religious expression uh, of this just traditional ceremonial medicine. Uh, and then also there's one day a year called Maha Shivaratri, which is the celebration of Shiva, who in, in Indian mythology actually introduces cannabis. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was feeling uh, anxious and stressed out and went into the forest and fell asleep under a cannabis plant in the mythology. And just being near the cannabis plant eased his nerves and brought him back to a feeling of, of peacefulness and whole, uh, feeling whole again. And so this is the, the story of how he introduced it uh, to uh, Indian culture. And so on this day that they celebrate Shiva, uh, they completely turn the other way. And uh, <laughs> there's tired cities of people, monks and travelers that are smoking uh, charas, they call it, which is like a kind of like hashish. Yeah. Uh, and drinking bang uh and they stay up all night as well just chanting meditating on shiva yeah. consuming cannabis and using it using cannabis for its uh, spiritual aspect so it's uh, you know I, when i encountered this i was just so fascinated by it yeah, really i'd had to just sort of do a little research to find some uh, how to make the beverage and once i uh once i found a couple of different recipes i kind of just customized it to you know my own kitchen and uh <laughs> Yeah, I have to say, uh, I, I highly recommend it. Uh, it. It requires, again, a lot of cannabis to make, but totally worth it. That's so cool. Like, you guys are the first people I've ever heard of actually <laughs> right? consuming this. But it's so perfect, I think, for you both. Uh, you guys are yogis, shamans, mm-hmm. meditators, like, very well connected with the universe. So I feel like that whole full circle with how you guys consume is just the perfect story. 
Well, you know, and I, I love smoking as well, but, um, you know, there are certain drawbacks to smoking, uh, you know, both uh, just inhaling any smoke at all, having certain negative effects. And so this basically just allows all those positive cannabis effects to uh, come to fruition without any of the negative effects of, uh, you know, any lung irritation or anything like that. So it's for, for people that may not enjoy smoking, it's actually a wonderful way uh, and it's slightly different than other edibles as well. I mean, each edible, of course, has its own, as, as you were saying, like, you know, chocolates versus uh, Rice Krispies or other things. Uh, each one has its own quality. So this one is definitely a, a unique one. I like it. It's almost like a, it's kind of like a whole plant extract too, versus anytime you're smoking something, you're kind of changing the chemical constituents of it. And I feel like it's probably like a much more natural way to consume it. And you're getting all the benefits of everything. And, you know, what better way to just do it naturally, I guess. So how long have people been using bang? Oh, thousands of yeah, years. Yeah, it's thousands of years old. So it also, it, 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 uh, just as like all most edibles, it just comes on a nice and smoothly, uh, the effect. And that rather than being a, a rush effect, it actually just over the course of an hour or two, you'd gradually come up and you, you hit a nice psychedelic plateau for a few hours and then it just gradually fades off. It's um, very gentle in that way. Mm. I like that. Reminds me of your sound baths a little bit. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> I know, really. We actually did a, a, when we were still having events in, in person, one of the last ones we did um, for Shivaratri yes. was a bang sound bath. Oh. set made some bang out of some oh, home bang and we served it before the sound bath. Oh, I love it. That's so amazing. So yeah. let, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, before we get into kind of what the sound bath is, do you advise people consume before this experience or what would it, you say? You know, it's actually, it can be a perfect complement to a sound bath if cannabis is your medicine of choice. So, uh, you know, basically it, because it relaxes the body, enhances the sensory experience. When you go into a sound bath, you're just laying down and just being literally just enveloped and uh, bathed in, in the sound frequencies. And so if you enjoy cannabis, it, it actually is a wonderful uh, complement to a sound bath. Um, of course, I would say it, for anybody who doesn't consume regularly, just to you know proceed with caution because uh, you wouldn't want any undesirable uh, effects to, you know, to deter your relaxation. But for anybody that enjoys cannabis, it's actually just perfect for a sound bath. Yeah, love. We were kind of uh, we were kind of digging into your your background a bit. We were reading this Forbes article, and it was talking about you know your experience of you know discovering cannabis, and and I thought it was so cool the quote you made uh, with it, it heightened your senses and heightened you know the sound, and you felt like you were swimming in the music. And I thought that was such like a a profound way to think about the intersection of like music and cannabis, and kind of what all it has to offer that. That's honestly kind of how I felt with your guys' stuff. It felt so like palatable that it felt like it was almost like like moving through me like a wave or something or like another medium, I guess. And uh, I had, you know, we were talking before the show and I'm not even sure that it was had anything to do with cannabis. It might have just purely been the sound of it. But I thought it was a really cool introduction of, you know, your your journey and kind of how your journey got started towards the path of like music and, and kind of finding that. And uh, so I, mean, I music and cannabis have a, a long uh, rich history together uh, and you know one of the one of the factors is is that cannabis can slightly slow down your perception of time and as a musician since it's all about time uh, just even that slight uh, slight perception of time moving slower 
uh, allows you to play more notes, for example, or to find other sounds or other harmonies or melodies that might be able to fit in. So uh, this is one of the reasons I really believe that cannabis, uh, you know, especially starting in the jazz community, uh, was so prevalent. Louis Armstrong apparently smoked a joint every day of his entire life. Uh, it was very prevalent in, in, in jazz, even calling it the jazz cigarette. Uh, so, but then music itself obviously can create altered states of consciousness mm-hmm. that uh, I consider music itself like a kind of a medicine. So when we, for example, uh, if you're feeling down and you put on your favorite song, you immediately feel uplifted and maybe you want to smile and dance or tap your foot, uh, that it's, or you can also use, for example, a sound bath, say you are needing some relaxation and uh, just some restfulness, that uh, a sound bath is a kind of music which will uh, induce this kind of state that's in between waking and sleeping consciousness, almost like a dreamlike state, that it'll, uh, you'll, so you'll still be um, aware, but you'll, uh, as if you're daydreaming almost. Many people report um, visions and uh, intersensory uh, experiences with colors and geometry. Also, and, if you think about the relationship between um, plant medicine and music, you know, there's always um, ceremonial music and ritual with, with plant medicine. And if you think about things in terms of subtle energy levels, you know, sound is a vibrational healer. And so the whole thing um, is clearing um any disturbances in your emotional field or in your mental field. Um, And other vibrational healers are actually um, crystals or even flower essences. Mm -hmm. So to me, there's a connection with the subtle energies of certain plants and how they can um, combine with the sound frequencies to bring you on a journey or open you up to receive. And along those lines, Jenny, what do you think about the connection of utilizing cannabis in like your meditation practice? Well, like Seth was saying, I think there is, you know, something really profound about um, cannabis being able to open you up to different dimensions and levels of consciousness, maybe sometimes more easily. If you're in a state where it's it, it can be hard for you to to sort of tap into that frequency, that state of being, which is really all about just being completely present in this moment, cannabis really can help facilitate that that kind of state of being. So with meditation being all about being fully present in in the experience of, of what is now, um, cannabis can can really help with that. I love that. I think we should, uh, I think let's dive more into like your sound baths. I'm sure our listeners are like, uh, what all does this entail? And am I just being bathed in sound? Is it as nice as that sounds? <laughs> let's like, let's dissect it a bit and, and discuss kind of, uh, you know, how it started and maybe more of like your purpose of, of, you know, generating something like this and producing, you know, events such as the sound baths, you know, where did it all start and kind of fundamentally, you know, what does it all entail? You know, interestingly enough, it actually all started in the uh, nightlife scene in Brooklyn about 20 years ago. <laughs> That's when Jenny and I met and we started a rock band and we, I, had a loft I, in, <laughs> I had a loft in Williamsburg and it was uh, just a big, raw, open industrial space and it had a stage. So when, as soon as I moved in, 
uh, I, I just immediately saw big shows and concerts and parties. And sure enough, we had a 10 year run where we would just throw these all night parties where I would DJ and we would play. And uh, it was so much fun. It always just felt to me like a great party is like a religious experience almost. Mm -hmm. Afterwards, you feel renewed uh, energetically, psychically, spiritually. You just feel so alive uh, when at a great party. And even for days afterwards, you can still have that that feeling. We were also at the time hosting a lot of um, what I'll call experimental music. So people using different electronic pedals or making their own instruments or using different combinations of, of instruments together. And some of them were musicians and some more just artists. And a lot of that really reminds me of what is the current day sound healing or sound bath experience. And I really feel we were dappling in that many years ago with all of these different artists just creating these different soundscapes. And, and also we, you know, we, we always thought that music was a, a healing force and that when we were playing this high energy rock music that we just thought of it as a kind of cathartic, energetic release. Mm-hmm. And that all, and additionally, that music is a universal language which brings various uh, communities together. And so at our loft, we would have, uh, we, we'd have, uh, you know, New York is such a diverse place that we would have artists from across the world and different cultures uh, coming over and, and playing music and audience members from various cultures. We were actually in a Orthodox uh, Hasidic Jewish neighborhood uh, where it was, I was one of the only uh, non-Orthodox uh, uh, houses in the whole neighborhood. Interesting, uh, yeah. And one time they, uh, a few of them came over while I was having one of these raging parties. <laughs> and I assumed that they were going to chastise us or ask us to turn it down. Instead, they said, oh, we just came here to hear some of the music. <laughs> and they were so sweet. And so, I, of course, I just welcomed them and said, come on in and, uh, and enjoy it. Stay as long as you like. And it was just so beautiful. And that even though our cultures were so different and that music uh, really brings people together uh, across the cultural spectrum. And so, you know, when we were doing these parties, we always thought that, that music was an important um, healing force mm-hmm. and a force for good. Uh, but we actually did start to kind of burn out from the, uh, you know, late night lifestyle, all night parties, <laughs> touring. <laughs> uh, it, it really kind of took its toll um, on us physically. And so around 2012, uh, we started, I started writing ambient music just for myself to relax to. Oh, wow. I, I just wanted, um, I, instead of, you know, a heavy beat and like a heavy guitar, I just wanted, you know, a nice, um, something I could just meditate to, something uh, that I could relax to. And, and I found a lot of the offerings that were available at that time that, that didn't really resonate too much with me, that they were a little too soft or a little too, um, didn't, didn't really uh, resonate in a way that made me feel meditative or, or relaxed. So I just set about kind of making my own uh, version of what I thought would do this. And during this journey, I, we actually were hired to produce a series of albums for a sound healer in Massachusetts named Lisa Ishvari Murphy. And she was the first professional sound healer that we had encountered. And so again, we, we knew that music was a healing force, but we had never met someone who's, who was explicitly claiming this and actually had yeah. a practice. Uh-huh. And so we went in with our recording equipment and she had no documentation of her work. 
And she was just such an amazing light. When we met her, it was just immediately, we just were, uh, just felt in tune with her. And then seeing the results of her work that she was curing people of multiple sclerosis, cancer, drug addiction, serious medical problems that a lot of times the, you know, the medical system has trouble dealing with these kinds of problems. Yeah. And she was just having amazing results. Wow. Uh, people eventually making full recoveries from supposedly, you know, terminal illness or whatnot. And so we just really just were just fascinated by her, her world and everything she was doing. And we were her producers, but we've actually became students of hers as well. Yeah. Yeah. So we started studying. She had been studying shamanic healing techniques for about 30 years at that point and had this wealth of knowledge from all these different healing cultures, shamanic uh, rituals, Native American and Asian and different traditions that she had just fused together into this unique practice. And so we just uh, she, she kind of took us under her wing a bit and we started incorporating some of the knowledge that we had gained through her with crystal bowls and gongs into our practice. And then just kind of slowly over the next few years, uh, we went from being this electronic rock band uh, into being a, a, an ambient sound healing group. And That's so cool. Along the way, we were we were traveling. Uh, we had, because I was like, what's the music like? like out there in California. I'm like, it's great. People sleep when we play. <laughs> People to sleep. When I was just thinking of your name, Dynasty Electric, it totally just, you know, dawned on me. The electric may be a node to like your past life as a musician to now. And, and so also cool. the combination of using sort of these ambient soundscapes and recording of recordings of nature and combining that with the frequencies of the bowls which I think is something not all sound healers do. Yeah, you know, our, previ our previous work was, was, you know, combining synthesizers and drum machines with electric guitars and saxophones. And so uh, it was actually moving into sound healing. Then we just sort of a, uh, adapted that approach of, we're still going to incorporate this, all this technology, but into this new setting. Uh, and what we found, uh, we, our, the loft was sold, the building where the loft was sold. And so we went on this epic kind of road journey for it lasted for years, actually. Yeah, for like five years. Involved oh, wow. Canada, oh, North wow. Carolina, Mexico, uh, Massachusetts. And then eventually, finally, we landed in L.A. And uh, to our su pleasant surprise, uh, there was such a receptive atmosphere that within a week of arriving in L.A., we were hired to do a residency playing our music for yoga classes. Wow, oh, cool. And then within... Uh, Within a short amount of time, um, a, a crystal gallery uh, called the Mystic Journey Crystal Gallery opened up in Venice, uh, and we became the resident sound healers there. And that residency lasted all the way until the uh, lockdowns began last year. And so every Friday night, and, and this is funny, Jen was mentioning this, in Brooklyn, our parties were always on Friday nights. They go <laughs> all night, people dancing, <laughs> partying like crazy. And then we get to L.A. and we still did the Friday night, but instead, yeah, people would, you know, fall asleep or just relax or meditate. Uh, and actually, one of the people who used to come to our Brooklyn parties, uh, a few of them actually have come to the uh, came to the gallery sound baths. And one of them said, it's amazing. I, he goes, I actually just got high on the music. Mm -hmm. 
It's, I didn't even need drinking or any substances at all. Just the music alone just did it for me. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's sort of just, you know, uh, I just thought that was a really nice uh, symbol of like this whole transformation that we yeah. had undergone. Uh, and then because of the lockdowns, the gallery closed and we actually, we had uh, acquired a mountain cabin uh, here in, uh, it's called Mile High Park. And uh, so we left our apartment in Venice and we just moved out to the mountains during this, this quarantine time, this pandemic time. And we moved online and we- That's beautiful. And we just had to, we spent a lot of time just adapting our approach to, uh, to meet the new online uh, community. What a what a beautiful journey, really. No, I think I think you know it encompasses just the journey that all of us kind of go on in life. In that, you know, we have to find new ways, and, and things change, and we grow, and we adapt. And it sounds like you guys have done a lot of adapting, and a lot of like, uh, you know, it, it really sounds like your parties have matured in a way, and also kind of followed in your own footsteps. Like you mentioned that with the sound healing, or the, or I guess the very start, the ambient music, you wanted to create your own music because uh, the ambient music that was out there didn't resonate. And so it sounds like it was just your journey of, you know, finding something to work for you. And then you guys eventually, you know, uh, your music changed and evolved to uh, to kind of fit your crowd. And, and and instead of having these all night parties, now you're helping people get a full night rest and mm-hmm. it all kind of changes a bit. And I think that's that's one of the coolest thing. And I think even now, I think our society is changing as a whole and a lot of people are, are hurting and they're looking for healing and uh, you know, we've, we've talked and I even made the same comment that your friend did about how I, I joined your sound path and didn't really feel like I even needed any type of substances or anything. Your music just alone got me to where I needed to go and, and got me to the clarity that I wanted and really put me in a better mood. And I think that's what people are looking for right now. They're looking for something just to kind of take the edge off of the world and everything we're all going through. Oh, I totally yeah. agree. And, you know, it's sound healing is really just an ancient practice that uh, it's just coming back into our awareness now because uh, I, I, you know, I feel like our culture kind of was viewing music uh, for, for a long time as just entertainment. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, music is just entertainment, that it doesn't have any sort of spiritual or magical or medicinal qualities. And now because I, I think there is such a need for relaxation and healing in our culture with all the discordance uh, that's happening all around us, that you know, I really think of us as like musical instruments. And so when we're out of tune, that's when we feel depressed and we don't feel energetic and we just, you know, don't have that, uh, that zest for life. Mm-hmm. And so music is a simple way, since music is all about tuning and harmony and melody, uh, it's actually a, just a really great way just to bring the body back into tune. And I really feel like when our body and our mind and our spiritual side, when all those aspects are aligned and we feel in tune, and that's when we feel you know, almost like a, a lightness of being that you just have so much energy and creativity and just vitality. Um, and so uh, also it's kind of it sound bath can be a really nice bridge for people. Um, you know, a lot of people say, I don't know how to meditate. Mm-hmm. I can't meditate or this is hard for me to do. Do I have to shut off my mind or all my thoughts? And with the sound bath, you can really literally just lay back and just be as comfortable as possible and allow yourself to just receive and just uh, fall into this space, like I said, of receptivity, of rejuvenation, of, of openness. And so um, it can be a really uh, helpful bridge for people who think they can't meditate because everyone can do a sound bath. 
Well, that's exactly what I was thinking because I'm a yogi, but I've really never done a sound bath. I think it seems it sounded intimidating to me, honestly. I know one of our studios offered it and I'm like, I don't know, I'm not going to do a sound bath. (laughs) And then uh, when we found out about this, I was like, Jared, we're going to do a sound bath. And he's like, what do we expect? I'm like, I don't know, but we're just going to put out our yoga mats and kind of just hang out Mm -hmm. and just go with the flow. And like you said, it could be for anybody. Like I even was telling my mom about this before the show, like you can go join like the sound bath. It's just Friday nights, just turn it on and enjoy whatever comes to you. And it's great. Like you said, you don't have to be a meditator. You don't even really have to get into a fully meditative state to enjoy what these vibrations are offering to your being. So that's so cool. Like you're offering it now to even more people. It's not just yogis or, you know, healers. It's it's anybody really can be a part of a sound bath. It totally, I totally agree with all of that. And I think what's cool about the Friday night online is that yes, some people do lay down with their eyes closed the entire time. Other people maybe are sitting in meditation or laying back on their couch. And some people are literally just watching, hearing the vibrations, maybe jotting some things down or chatting with people from the community. And I think those are all valid ways to to receive um, relaxation and, and healing and connection. I love all of that. Yeah. And, um, one thing that we wanted to talk on today, but it would probably span hours and it would be a rabbit hole. We probably can never go down, but it's just the, the fundamental property of the universe is believed to be built on frequency and vibration. And, um, and I think what you guys are doing is such a fundamental property of the universe. I mean, you're creating vibration and I was so mind blown. I think I've even remarked a couple of times to Lucy, like, I don't get how they can get the sounds to come through my TV and it sounds so pristine and I could feel my ears vibrating and I could feel like my brain vibrating. And I, I, I have a little bit of like a neuroscience background and I understand like vibration in the brain is, can be used. You know, there's a lot of like neurostimulation, electronic devices they use now to like cure depression and different things. And I'm thinking like, these guys can do this with sound, a sound bath and and crystal bowls. And, and it comes through my TV and then it's like affecting my eardrum, which affects my brain and affects my body. And it puts me in a better mood. And it really, it was like a really profound experience to realize it's so simple, but then it's also like so complex and like beyond our understanding really that, um, we knew we had to sit down and discuss it, but you know, do we want to talk about a little bit about you know, the universe and vibration and, and kind of the fundamental frequencies and different things or always. (laughs) I love it. Cool. You know, there's actually an ancient branch of yoga called Nada yoga, which is specifically about achieving enlightenment through sound. Oh, Uh, and that there, when we are very quiet, uh, that you can actually hear a, 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 a ringing sound in your consciousness. That is the primordial sound of creation hmm. and that sound is this primordial creative force in the universe that you know from uh christian mythology of uh the word was with god yep. uh and god said let there be light that before there was light there was sound that sound actually was uh, the genesis of light itself of course sound and light having this intricate relationship of sound being a, a denser form of energy that penetrates through walls for example you don't see your neighbor, but you might hear your neighbor. Uh, and that sound is such a uh, fundamental force in the universe. And wouldn't it be if you speeded up sound, it would become light? Or if you slowed down light, it would become sound? Well, since both are manifestations of energy, that there's this theory that if the keyboard could extend out indefinitely, 
eventually it wouldn't make sound. It would uh, actually create colors. Wow. Uh, once you got to those higher, uh, the higher spectrum of yeah. frequency. Uh, and so what I really, I really believe that, uh, then also we have, uh, you know, Western in our Western tradition, we have the idea of the big bang theory mm -hmm. that our universe was created through some enormous sonic event. Uh, and then we see examples of this, uh, throughout culture that sound has this uh, creative, uh, force that actually is mm, actually molding our universe. And, and down to even uh, in our human society, uh, for example, through sound, we make our agreements, we make contractual arrangements, we make friendships, we make all of our connections in this world really through sound, mm -hmm. uh, that the words that we speak actually end up creating our reality. Uh, and so music as an extension of this is kind of this science of, uh, again, of this harmonization of sound, because sound can is such a powerful force, it could actually play, for example, you know, they use it in, in, in warfare, that they get the military all riled up with certain kinds of music. Or you could use it, uh, for example, in the sound bath to create this peaceful environment. Mm -hmm. That it really comes down to our use of sound and our intention with the sound and then how we organize the sound. Uh, and so in, the case, in our case, we really do seek to provide this uh, uh, advanced sort of meditative state that you can easily just fall into and just relax your body and mind just sort of melt into the sound uh, and that it's really sort of returning into that primordial state before thought, before body, before mind, that they're uh, just returning to that sort of pure uh, awareness of sound itself. I love that. I mean, we could go on for like days about sound. And we recently watched That's this. next on the 12 hour podcast. I know, right? We're going to, we'll come back. Well, we'll one question again. I have about just the sounds and the different vibrations. I know that the singing bowls have different sizes. So are there specific vibrations coming from certain size bowls that you're like aware of that you're tapping into? Because when we were watching you, I'm like, how does he like know where to go? And how do they like, know? It was, it was so It great. was so cool. <laughs> Yeah, we have a set of um, perfect pitch crystal singing bowls, uh, and they're in the musical scale, which corresponds to the chakra system. Mm -hmm. um, there are many chakra systems and, and ultimately an infinite amount of chakras, but the chakra system most of us are familiar with, um, it, it starts with the C note and the root chakra and makes its way oh. up. And Seth specifically composes... Um, the music and the sounds and the soundscapes and, you know, the different synthesizers with the frequencies of the bowls. And so he's always kind of moving in between the electronic frequency with the bowl frequency. And then sometimes I'm matching that with the vocals uh -huh. or harmonizing with it. It's really uh, an area where we just bring our um, experience with music in general into this field of sound healing. Um, because actually you don't need to be a, a trained musician to uh, practice sound healing. In fact, uh, just having a singing bowl is a traditional meditative practice that when you play a singing bowl and you're creating that singing effect by moving the wand around the edge of the bowl, mm -hmm. that in, you know, in ancient times, a monk may have a, their own bowl and they would play it as a daily practice. And what's really cool about it is, is you actually can hear when your mind wanders because you make a mistake. And so you're playing... All of a sudden, it makes a little, you, you slip, it makes a, 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 a kind of an unpleasant sound. And you know, as a meditator, oh, I've lost my concentration. <laughs> I've lost my place of no thought. It's actually when you're in that zone of no thought that then, oh, the bowl just 
plays itself almost. Yeah, I've, I've had many experiences with the metal bowls, in particular one that was given to me, um, where it just feels like it's starting to play itself. And all of a sudden, there's all of these overtones and undertones, and it's creating these sounds, and it doesn't even really feel like I'm doing it. Hmm. And, I, and then if I try to replicate it, I can't. It's almost just when it's playing itself. So, so Seth's right, just as a form of meditation practice, having a bowl and, and working with it on that level is, is a meditation in and of itself. And so sound healing practice could be as simple as having just one singing bowl and practicing that one singing bowl until you, until you really have it mastered. And then in, uh, you know, for a more, as you move along, then you can add in different bowls as you were noticing that each bowl might correspond to a different chakra. Uh, and you start uh, working together with the different bowls to create a harmony. And what I think is really cool is since they are symbolic of the chakra system, which is really just our uh, central nervous system in the various centers of our heart and our mind and whatnot, that you actually create harmony between the various centers. So for example, between the root chakra and the heart, or between, say, the uh, the voice and uh, the third eye, that uh, each uh, center can be harmonized and tuned, and then the centers themselves have relationships with each other that we, uh, through singing bowls, end up tuning the entire system, that each chakra comes into balance, and mm -hmm. then they come into balance with each other. Yeah, I was just thinking of that. Like, if somebody has a chakra that's out of balance and you're you're aware of that, you can get a singing bowl related specifically to that chakra and start working with that sound to start to clear that energy. Definitely, that's so cool. And and you know the the theory of assigning each bowl to a chakra is kind of subjective. That it's not. Uh, it's really about the intention. I think that if any bowl could potentially uh, work on any chakra. Yeah, because okay. I. The throat bowl to balance a heart chakra or other chakras too. It's an interconnected energy system. So the, the lines between each chakra are not necessarily distinct. Uh -huh. Not necessarily that just one note could have a positive effect. That actually, you know, it's again really about uh, the intention. So if you, maybe a bowl is designed for the root chakra, but if your intention is to balance your throat chakra, you could also achieve the same effect. Okay. But but I also think too in a basic guideline, you know, the root chakra bowls tend to be um, really full, yeah. low and yeah. resonant, and yeah. that makes sense with with the energy of the root chakra versus say your crown chakra, which is even a more subtle energy and and a higher light frequency. That that sound would actually be higher in pitch. Um, so there's definitely something to it. But what Seth says is also really important. The most important thing is the intention and that any frequency can essentially be a healing frequency to any part of your your system and really intention being i think the key component for a sound healing practice in general that uh, when you if you have your own sound healing practice when you go into playing the bowl that you go in with the intention of creating this balance creating this peacefulness creating this meditative state and when your intention is there then it, it's the music will just flow uh, into that and you will feel that effect. Um, you know, one thing about singing bowls that I've noticed is sometimes if people aren't really aware, they might hit it too hard mm -hmm. and it creates a kind of a unpleasant sound. And so again, if their intention is about peacefulness and creating this gentle feeling, uh, the intention itself ends up going a really long way. 
Yeah. And maybe Jenny, you can just share real quick. I was reading one of your articles, um, that experience you had where you healed that person who had like stage four cancer, whatever happened, maybe you can share, you know, one of those really amazing stories about sound healing. Yeah, that, that was definitely, um, really incredible and, and definitely blew my mind in a lot of ways and just really opened up my perception of, of what healing is. I mean, I came out of the whole process and, and those sessions feeling actually that healing was beyond life and death. It wasn't really about that at all. It was simply about the the healing uh, of the person, the, the full integration and, and harmonization of that person's spirit. And honestly, of course, we all want to live, but it wasn't really about him living or dying. So I thought it was a really um, transcendent um, um, sort of thing I came to working with him. And he just an incredible person. So, yeah, he had stage four cancer. And when he first started coming to see see me, we definitely worked with sound. But a lot of the sessions were on um like we've mentioned, these subtle vibrational levels, I would just be listening to what he was saying, just sort of receiving. And and a lot of times, I mean, our teacher would always say, sometimes the person's just going to speak the entire session in a private session. And literally the words, the vibrations of the sounds and them releasing the energy of what they're holding onto can be the healing and that's it. And she never even gets to the bowls. So there is an aspect of the session where just the person talking. So he was doing that and I was receiving and listening and holding space. And then at some point we, he would stop talking and it's so crazy, but the whole room, and it was a color therapy room. So I usually had the whole thing. We were immersed in like blue light. He would stop talking and the whole room would get kind of, hazy and we would just start seeing through each other almost it was like sort of like an eye gazing exercise and he said he would get these downloads of information like even from like ancestors or deities and I would just be sitting there and he said they would be coming through and he got all of these messages that then helped him on his healing journey and so by time we would get to the sound he would have received all this information and be fully open to um, the sound working on a cellular level. That is mind blowing, really. It really was. It was so such a wild experience to just kind of almost go into another dimension. Um, And again, without, uh, you know, the assistance of any plant substances or anything else, or even like it wasn't even hypnosis. It was just literally... I, I could feel that, okay, he stopped talking, he just released it all, and now he's a clear channel for any messages or healing that need to come through. And that's really what happens in a sound bath. You, you know, we have the spinning and chattering of the mind, we have all this emotional heaviness, and we get to a point, if we really let go, that that all dissolves, and then we're open for insights, for creativity, for healing, for new patterns, and, and all sorts of things. That's exactly the experience I had. And you're able to, um, just like that, you have the release of it, and you're able to look at your thoughts from a different perspective, and then kind of work with them, and then find solutions, and kind of break out of this mold. And I did all of that. And I even, I, that's where I've mentioned a few times now. I mentioned that to Lucy. It was so profound that I had a stressful week and I was able just to sit there during your guys' sound bath and like come to terms with so many different things that were going on in my life and like find solutions. And normally 
none of that would have ever happened unless I would have, you know, taken one for the team and sat down on a Saturday night or something and spent the whole night, um, you know, working on myself with the, with the help of a substance or something. And I didn't need any of that. And so um, I think what you're saying is absolutely right. And then understanding, you know, just frequencies and vibration and kind of the fundamental properties of the universe and the human body. And something I wanted to say earlier was that uh, there's a lot out there. If, if you're still skeptical on vibration or anything at this point, I would just look at, you know, cymatics. And cymatics is a very good introduction to, to frequencies and sound and, and how uh, sound and frequencies have shapes and uh, they can even go to form very complex objects at different frequencies. And um, and then the, the whole premise behind uh, water and how water is a is a, a vessel and water responds to sound and frequency. And, and then taking it a step further and understanding that your body is predominantly made of water. And mm-hmm. then to understand that you are just a water receptacle ripe to be uh, you know, uh, affected by frequencies and sound and that you are, in fact, affected by frequencies and sound. And then take it a step further and understand that your brain is a matrix and your brain uh, is a receptacle of frequencies and it really just your brain operates on nothing but frequencies. And so, uh, you know, if I blown your mind at this point, I would just say, take, you know, take the weekend or take a Friday night and just kind of dive into this, some of this stuff. It's not the woo woo. It's all, it's all real life stuff that we live with every day and we're not aware of it. And so I think what you guys are doing, first of all, is with the healing is, is magnificent. It's, you know, incredible. And then I think you're also offering a platform to um, get into this stuff from a very approachable angle, too. Oh, well, thank you so much. You know, I, I, we really have seen uh, what a positive effect it can have on people. Um, we, you know, when we were doing it in person, we would see people every week sometimes for, for many months and we would see them come in and they were maybe dealing with emotional trauma. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all deal with emotional distress and trauma at different times. And just to see the transformation of folks over time coming to the sound bath uh, and uh, working, processing through all that information, harmonizing that information. And I love the way uh, you're describing it. I, I always think of music as these as invisible geometric waves that if we could see them, they're actually creating this, this beautiful geometry uh, uh, in the air. And then that is actually moving into our literally physically moving into our body, into our tissue, into our brain. Uh, and so music is such a, again, such a powerful force. And then allowing people to release this emotional distress and trauma. And uh, for us, it's just, it's a actually an extremely rewarding experience as a sound healer uh, that actually when you practice sound healing, that you experience healing as well. And there's been many times I've gone into sessions that I've just been, you know, I've maybe had a rough week or exhausted and, uh, I, you know, I have to give a performance and I'm not even sure how I'm going to do it, but somehow or another, I come out on the other side, just feeling amazing. Uh, and that I, all that stress just, just dissipates, melts away. And that I feel, uh, just a, a, a peaceful, uh, yet uplifted sensation afterwards that, uh, it's very, has a healing effect for us as well. I, I could see it. You guys are so peaceful when you perform. It's like, the, it's so special. Um, but talking, so we talked about kind of like the individual and I think hopefully now everybody understands that anybody could do this. Like, please don't be scared or shy. Like 
just try out the sound bath. It's like literally on YouTube. Like nobody will even know you're doing it. So definitely check it out. Uh, But one last thing I wanted to know is you guys are also pretty mainstream. Like you guys have created music for Victoria's Secret and Kohl's. And I even saw Kim Kardashian. I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. So how does that feel for you guys? Like that's pretty cool. Well, you know, from living in New York, uh, in New York City for many years that, you know, New York City is one of those kinds of towns where you maybe just at a party run into like a, a celebrity or a same with L.A. It's just part of the culture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I, just I don't know why, but just naturally throughout our, our life, we've had this experience of uh, just just meeting some of these luminaries and celebrities that uh, I always uh, I always find that if. If you approach people that are celebrated and you just treat them just genuinely and just authentically as a human being and not as um, some weird abstract object, that they actually really, uh, people appreciate that. People appreciate being treated like people. And uh, so, you know, just, and by opening up these spaces also where we have the, you know, we would throw the parties in Brooklyn and then we'd have the sound baths in Venice that um, by doing it uh, in a regular space and on a regular basis that, you know, it just attracts people in. And then, of course, in Los Angeles, sometimes it would be um, famous people or uh, people in the industry or different. Uh, in fact, one of the amazing things I find is that sometimes you just talk with people afterwards and maybe they're not famous, but they do amazing things. Like, yeah, oh, they run their maybe they they run companies or they have amazing artistic uh, abilities or I'm always amazed, actually, uh, just talking with folks uh, and just how uh, creative people are. And- I'll never forget Seth's face. We had Usher come to a few <laughs> yeah. at the Crystal Gallery. And I remember we had a really full night the first time he came. And I was trying to find him a place. I didn't even have time to mention it to Seth. And I actually made him wait for like 10 or 15 minutes. I was just looking for where he could be. And then at the end of the sound bath, he goes up to Seth and just walks up to him and says, you know, I, I just wanted to say that that was really amazing. And Seth looks up and he's like, Usher. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I hadn't mentioned it. And the other cool thing is Usher was bringing his golden doodle, Scarlet, Aww. to the sound bath. And that's what inspired us to get her. No she's a golden doodle, too. And uh, we loved his dog so much. She's just such a beautiful present. So so we got Phoebe, and it's been life-changing. We needed a sound bath, though. You knew it was going to be good for sound baths. Yeah. yeah. Usher would bring Scarlet, and Scarlet would just... He would just lay down, uh, and she would just lay down next to him and just, just totally conked out the entire time. So, so we were like, that's the kind of dog that we need. Yeah. <laughs> You guys have yeah, to perfect sound That is exactly. so cool. Thank you for that inspiration. Oh, man. I mean, not a lot of people can be like, yeah, Usher inspired us to get our dogs. We hung out with his. <laughs> <laughs> totally. We, we, we did speak about collaborating on some uh, sound healing music together. We did do some events with him. And so we well. did collaborate on, a, on an event. And uh, maybe we'll, who knows, maybe we'll be able to collaborate again in the future. So yeah. cool. I think, you know, as people grow up, I think that's kind of what we look towards. I know uh, we, Lucy and I grew up listening to and partying to Usher's music. And, you know, I think <laughs> things go full circle. You never know. You know, I think I would still listen to Usher if he was collabing with you guys doing some sound bath and some healing music. I would absolutely listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> for, for both of you. <laughs> you know, and I really do think that sound healing is starting to go more mainstream in general mm-hmm. as well, that 
you know, when we when we learned uh, from our teacher back in 2012, it was uh, we didn't know anybody that was doing mm-hmm. it. Like literally, I mean, we were in New York City, never had heard of it, never, no, barely knew anything about it. I mean, we knew about crystal singing bowls, we had seen those, but in terms of actually having like a, a practice and performing these sound bath concerts, uh, it was in the you know we'd never heard of it. It was very much a fringe. And then in thing. 2015, we arrived in L.A. And as I mentioned, we immediately got uh, a residency at a studio. We immediately started drawing uh, audiences. And now in 2021, 20, I, I can't even, it's amazing, actually, how far the field has come. That uh, we just see more and more artists uh, developing practices, more and more studios offering uh, sound baths. Uh, now, more and more artists are moving online because of the uh, you know, this online culture we're in. Mm-hmm. And so... I think we're just going to keep seeing this accelerate and that it's just going to become more and more common. It absolutely is. And and that's great for humans and the human experience. Yeah, really. So I'm so glad that everybody's moving in that direction. You guys are helping them expand their consciousness and kind of chill out on a Friday night. Um, but if anybody's really interested, how can they find you and learn more? Yes. So we have our Friday night uh, donation series on YouTube and it's um, an astrology sound bath. So I do a little talk at the beginning about the astrology of of that week. And uh, then we do the sound bath. It's an hour long and anyone can tune in. It's um, dynastyelectric.com is our website and our YouTube is also Dynasty Electric. Um, and it's with a K at the end. So it's Dynasty and then E-L-E-C-T-R-I-K. Nailed it. Also, I heard you guys may have dropped some new singles. Yes, we did uh, recently release a single. It's um, Pleiadian Sound Healing. And the, the way that this music came about was uh, the at our cabin here, uh, we're up at a mile uh, in elevation. When we first purchased our home, the previous owner described the area in the back of the house as a a kind of a vortex. Hmm. Now, later we actually allowed an (laughs) ayahuasca ceremony to take place here. And the, uh, one of the facilitators described alien visitation happening in that same area. (laughs) And I've spent many a night, uh, staring at the stars out on that back deck there and uh, seen, you know, I actually think UFOs are very common. They're not necessarily flying saucers with little green men, <laughs> but unidentified flying phenomenon are actually, it, when you really stare at the sky, you very well may see something that you, it, you've never seen anything like it before. It doesn't seem like it's a plane or a helicopter or a commercial aircraft. The, it, it's hard to explain. <laughs> so this is our, so we had this idea that what if we, uh, you know, we're always playing music in the studio. What if we actually take all of our stuff out there oh, and we just yeah. actually, out underneath that open stars and on, on the open sky, and let's just see what we can what comes through. And sure enough, like it, it's a different experience when you're actually playing out underneath the night stars. And uh, so cool. We uh, we've been told many times that our music has a Pleiadian quality to it, and so that's believe it or not, people have said that to us a number of times <laughs> from different places. <laughs> so so we really saw it as this sort of interstellar <laughs> Pleiadian transmission that yeah. was just coming. Kind of us and so and it was different than the sound bath where we're seated playing bowls um we're both standing seth has his um uh, synthesizer i'm playing a handheld bowl and also a theremin which was the first electromagnetic in- instrument it's just played by penetrating two electromagnetic fields antennas oh, wow. 
So so I'm using that and we're outside under the stars mm -hmm. and I, I just can't believe since we put it out how much conversation there's been on the YouTube video about thank you for not only the beautiful music but for supporting the Pleiadian community <laughs> and, and all of these other things. So it's been pretty interesting. Yeah, oh for us, it, it just sort of came through us and we channeled it and we recorded it and uh, we've just been completely blown away by uh, people's reaction to it and how it's affected them that uh, it, we're actually we, we're really looking forward to doing some more, but because we're in the dead of winter, we actually <laughs> did try a subsequent recording. But it but was so cold. We were just <laughs> we gotta wait. <laughs> we're, we're looking forward to getting back into it in the spring. Here. Yeah, spring is coming very soon. I know. That's exciting. I'm reading sound healing video on. on uh, it's on YouTube and now it's on Spotify as well. Yeah. There you go. Well, I'm we like trying to look it, it up right now. Yeah, we're I'm trying to find it. <laughs> right as we get off. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> what we're doing it. next. We may be contributing to the conversation. I'm like, yes, <laughs> this is not from this earth. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you two are both really fabulous. Uh, we like to end our show with just one really fun question. We are the Lit and Lucid podcast. So are you lit or are you lucid? Right now, I'm lit and lucid. <laughs> what about you, Jenny? I would say I'm lucid at this moment, but I'm often lit. There we go. Perfect. I love it. We're all about the balance. All about the balance here. It's like well, yin yang, lucid lit. That's it. Yep. That's exactly it. That's it. You figured it out. <laughs> All Thank right. you so much. This has been such a pleasure. No, it's been so fun. I was really excited about this. Um, I'm a yogi and I was just like so stoked about everything you guys do. So thank you for sitting down with us. And I hope everybody enjoys their own sound bath and let us know if you do, because it's a really amazing experience. I agree. You know, I'm I'm kind of new to the whole yogi world and Lucy's doing a, a wonderful job of kind of bringing me up to speed, really. And I was just so blown away by the amount of things that you guys kind of share back and, and teach and and kind of resonate with. Uh, it was comforting for me. It was very approachable. And then I also had such a, a profound experience with it that I'm, you know, I'm blown away by what you guys do. And I, I you know, I offer my encouragement always. And, you know, please just keep doing what you're doing. I know you will. Um, but you know, I think there's a lot of people out there that are going to find a lot of comfort in your music and your sounds and, and the work you do. So thank you for everything. And, and thank you for sitting down with us today. Oh, thank you so thank much. It's you. been, it's been a real pleasure to talk with you guys. All right, you guys. And with that, I'm lit. I'm lucid. And that's it. Laters. Laters.